Amen. 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 Woo! All right. Oh, if this is your first time, one thing I would say is that we have so much talent here. You need to come at least three Sundays to hear all the different groups that we have. Uh, today you saw a taste of our drama ministry. And actually the group you see here today represents about five or six different ministry groups. I'm going to try to go through them. We have representatives uh, today from the Sanctuary Choir. We have uh, Gospel Ensemble. We have the Resurrection Singers. We have the handbells, we have the drama ministry, and we have angels in motion. <laughs> Did I get everybody? And um, our uh, sanctuary choir and gospel ensemble were really, really stretched over the last several weeks. The gospel ensemble did a concert last Sunday night and just a lot of extra opportunities that Stephen pulled together this very special group for today. And thank you uh, so much for that. All right. Ah, the question kind of churning in me right now is uh, what brings people together? What gets people to the same room, the same neighborhood? same table. What gets people who maybe would have nothing to do with each other ordinarily together? In today's scripture, which you saw portrayed in drama, in the Gospel of John, we see two people brought together by a very basic human need. Thirst. We see Jesus at his most human and his most thirsty. And we see the Samaritan woman also going to the well with all her thirst. Two people coming together with their basic needs. In scripture, the name of the woman at the well is not mentioned. However, the early church, the Eastern church, gave her the name Photina. And uh, she is since recognized as one of the early saints of the church. And the name means enlightened one. So what happens here at the well when Jesus and Photina come together because of their thirst? What we see is something powerful and surprising unfolding. The first thing we see is an unexpected gift and relationship emerging. First of all, Jesus had no business being there. This is a story that really shouldn't have happened. You see, men were not supposed to have any kind of conversation in public with women. Yet there Jesus was with a woman with all his thirst. Furthermore, in that particular time, Jesus shouldn't have even been in the neighborhood. Because Jesus was from Judea, and this was Samaria. He was on his way to Galilee. Samaria was between Judea and Galilee. However, most people from Judea so disliked Samaritans that no matter how hot it was or how awful it was, they would take the long road by the Jordan River in order to avoid associating with Samaritans. So why is Jesus there? I think he's there because his passion 
is coming out. I think there at the well, Fotina looked into Jesus' eyes. And even though she was uncomfortable with the situation and didn't understand it, when she looked into his eyes, she saw someone and something different. I think what was happening at that moment is that when Jesus looked into her eyes, his soul was being revealed. And his passions were being revealed. And the first thing she saw in his eyes was not only someone who was thirsty for water, but someone who was thirsty for equality. She saw someone looking at her like she was actually a human being. I believe that Jesus was not there by chance, but by intention. I think he saw the way that the people in his country were discriminating against the Samaritans. And Jesus said, it's time for someone to walk in to the other neighborhood. It's time for someone to see the gift in every human being. We're all brothers and sisters. He was tired of hearing the chatter in Judea about those dirty Samaritans, those worthless Samaritans, those less than Samaritans. He was tired of watching the people of Judea lock their doors and hide their purses and cross to the other side of the street whenever they saw a Samaritan coming. He was tired of hearing all the chatter about building a wall to keep the Samaritans out. All those people saying, what are they doing over here anyway? Why don't they go back where they belong? Jesus was tired of that kind of talk. And that kind of talk stirred his passion. And he said, I don't care if she's a woman. I don't care if she's a Samaritan. I am going there. And I'm going to meet her because she is my sister. That's why he was there. He had a passion for equality. And yes, he was thirsty. In fact, he could have died. It was so hot. He he went there without even a cup. He had nothing to hold the water. But something in him said, I'm going to take a passionate risk. And I'm going to open my heart. And I'm going to trust that this person who's been called my enemy is going to give me water. He was vulnerable. He risked right there in that hot sun. What's the message that is coming through to us as we look into Jesus' eyes and see his passion? What we're seeing is that sometimes those who we presume to be our enemy are the very ones who hold potential healing for us. In fact, Jesus entrusted his life to the one who his culture said was his enemy. And you know what? Speaking about salvation, she saved him. She gave him what he needed to keep him alive. Maybe that person who we feel is most different from us is the person who holds wholeness for us if we would only go into the next neighborhood or cross over what line we've built. Oh, there's great power in this. I'd like you to hear this meditation on this idea that um, when we cross over, when we break through a boundary, 
uh, we're opening ourselves to healing. Jesus is tired and alone in the heat of the noonday sun with no water. Left alone here at high noon, Jesus could die without water. Yet someone has joined him at the well, the other, the stranger, the enemy. And she holds the cup that could quench his thirst. She is out in the heat of the noonday because she has been ostracized and shunned. There's no one around to look after her. There's no group of friends to share in her story or wipe her tears or even help her laugh. Jesus needs fresh water to live. The woman also needs a drink. She needs the fresh, living water of grace and truth that Jesus can provide. She needs to drink deep of healing and wholeness and a new life. And in their various needs, these two affirm their mutual humanity. They share in the holy source of life that transcends all boundary, custom, hatred, fear, and scarcity. In the desert at noon, with all distractions stripped away, all shadows erased, the light shines bright enough for these two strangers to discover that they need each other. As they are transfigured in the light of the noonday sun, each enemy sees the face of a friend. Distance dissolves into relationship and distress melts into mutuality. They glimpse a spiritual wholeness, a new healing reality. Mm. They were both about to die. Jesus of thirst, Fotina of loneliness and exclusion. And yet neither one of them would let the other one die. It's as simple as this. To you today I say, I need you. I need you. I need you to survive. And you need me. And we need each other. God has created us with thirst and with passion and called us together to share in that basic interchange of love. And once they got past the physical thirst, Jesus really saw that passion coming out. Yes, there was a passion for equality. You could see it in his eyes, but there was another passion coming out of Jesus. When she looked into his eyes and he looked into her eyes, what they both saw in each other was a need for connection. So at the well, we, we see that Jesus has a passion for equality, but next we see that Jesus has a passion for connection. Jesus knew that there would be lonely people, and Fotina was one lonely woman. I don't like how this scripture has often been interpreted, uh, setting her up as some kind of a moral failure. In some sermons, she's portrayed as being a prostitute, a loose woman. You know, if you look at this scripture, Jesus never ever judges her for even one minute. He, he simply offers us some insight into her life. There's a lot we don't know. In, in fact, some who have studied this scripture say that the real issue is that her first husband died. And because of the unfair laws at that time, she could not enter into another marriage that was sanctioned by the church. 
She didn't have the freedom to marry because of the laws of that time. And so she did what she had to do to connect. It wasn't that she was a loose woman. She was a grieving woman. Just wanting somebody in her life. Just wanting to give and receive love. Just wanting some friends to laugh with. A table to eat at. But here she is, every day, going by herself. Trying to quench her own thirst. Lonely. And when she looked into Jesus' eyes and saw his passion. She saw someone who indeed saw her as a human being for the first time, not just a Samaritan. But she also saw someone who cared for her so much. Oh, she looked in his eyes and she saw what she was thirsty for. Just someone to hold her. To give her that look, that word, that touch. Oh, the, the Jesus of equality is the Jesus of connection. And then we, we see another passion of Jesus emerge. He, he looks beyond her basic thirst for water and her thirst for equality and her thirst for connection. And, and what he sees in her and what she sees in him is a thirst for spiritual transformation. Her, her religion was a religion in which God was worshipped on some mountain. And the big debate among the Samaritans and the Judeans was, do you worship God on a mountain in Jerusalem? Or do you worship God on a mountain in Samaria? And what Jesus was saying to her when he looked into her eyes is, you don't worship God in either of those places. You worship God right here. <laughs> Look into your own soul. Look into your own heart. Worship God here, drink from the deepest well, the, the well of spiritual transformation, the, the well of life. It, it's a powerful movement that we see happening in this scripture. Jesus with a passion for equality, a passion for connection, a passion for spiritual transformation, offering water that will never dry up or go empty. Salvation, wholeness, healing. Jesus is saying, have a drink of what you've always thirsted for and never thirst again. And he touches a place in her that is so deep that she musters the courage to go from that place. One who was ostracized and hiding went from that place boldly and said, I have discovered life. I have discovered love. I have discovered everything I've ever looked for and I will never be thirsty again. And there was something that happened in that interchange that was so powerful that those who had previously ostracized her now believed her and people came running. Running to the water. Running to the well. Oh, I love this scripture because in this scripture I see our passion. Yes, I see Jesus. But I see his call for us as a congregation. Jesus is calling us through this scripture to focus on what he focused on. To focus on equality. To focus on connection. To focus on spiritual transformation. Just this week I was in a workshop with the Houston Clergy Leadership Institute with a group of Muslim and Jewish and Christian clergy. 
and a sociologist was there and he said there are two basic human needs once you get beyond the physical and those two basic human needs are for connection and for purpose notice in this scripture that Jesus offers both of those things to Fotini it's what we also are called to offer as a congregation and if we keep our focus on the same focus that Jesus had we will not be able to contain the water in this place because people will be coming from far and wide to discover the water that's being offered here in the name of Jesus Christ in this place resurrection MCC the living fountain the well the place where thirst is quenched Oh, for those who are lonely, we say, come here. We offer you a drink of friendship. For those who are discouraged, we say, come here. We offer you a drink of hope. For those who are afraid, we say, come here to Resurrection MCC in the name of Jesus Christ. We offer you a drink of courage. For those who have been shut out, we say come here to Resurrection MCC because we open to you a connection. The drink of life, it's offered here at this table. We all have our thirst and we have the resource to meet that thirst. What an amazing call is ours. An amazing hope. I'd invite us now to take a moment to just open ourselves to the presence of the Holy Spirit who comes to meet us. I'd like us to picture ourselves in this scripture today. We all have those areas in our life where we thirst. Whatever it might be. It might be a thirst for a relationship. It might be a thirst for a more meaningful connection with God. It might be that thirst for purpose. Whatever it is, I invite you to bring it this morning to the well and to open ourselves to the passion of Jesus. It may be that what we're looking for is equality. It may be that what we're looking for is connection. It may be what we're looking for is spiritual transformation. Whatever it is, offer it to the well this morning. Listen to this prayer. My soul thirsts for you, O living God. It's your Holy Spirit, O my God, who comes and hollows out this expectant space within me. It's your prompting when my heart says to me, seek the face of God, and I do seek your face, O God of my salvation, my healing, my wholeness. I thirst for you because your Holy Spirit comes to me with sighs too deep for words to breathe the expectation of all your creation. Your Holy Spirit comes to seeing what I could otherwise not know. Your Holy Spirit springs up in me like the first fountain of your love. Amen. <laughs>